0: how are you guys doing welcome over here to the channel if you guys are new do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button if you guys would like to support the channel you guys can click the join now just underneath the video or on the main page you won't show up if you're on mobile a lot of the times i'll put it inside of the description if you guys need to see it or inside the comments i want to say thank you to every single person who has supported this channel a lot of these videos do not get monetized out the gate so we kind of do these a lot of the times for free But anyway, it doesn't really matter. I think it's very imperative that you guys get this content. But if you guys would like to support the channel and get the videos early, if I get them up earlier, which is always my goal, it goes out to those people first, roughly about six hours early on the days that I actually can get the videos up. But if you guys would like to join and support the channel, you guys can click the join now. It helps me literally fund everything that goes on behind the scenes when it comes to editing and and filming and, and Tardio when I do have to pay him as well. So Thank you so much to everybody who has joined and supported. So out the gate, we're going to go ahead and start this episode off with a little bit of enjoyment that has actually came from the victory parade that happened in Moscow yesterday. For one, this video you guys are about to see, just want to throw it out there, is from Russian State TV. While they were playing a portion of this concert showing pictures of nice Soviet couples, during this song, I just want you guys to take note of, uh, there might be something strange you might see here in America we call... uh, We call them Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, they showed a a picture of Bonnie and Clyde from like the early 1900s. Kind of strange, but here's that. Anyway, they had a couple billboards up inside of Russia, which I guess they were supposed to be like Russian soldiers from World War II, but unfortunately, they didn't do a little bit of the research. They probably should have done a little bit more research. They actually posted a uh, th- this photo. You guys are saying is actually of a U.S. Marine in Guam from 1944. Uh, you can see this photo here is actually literally of of the actual Marine inside of Guam in 44. He is clearly holding an M2 carbine with palm trees in the background. So once again, not a Russian. That is an American. I don't know why they couldn't do just a little bit of research. It took me about four seconds to realize, wow, that is not a Russian. That is an American in Guam. Uh, this one's also fairly comical as well. But as you guys can see, placed here on what to be, it kind of looks like a store. It's showing its appreciation to its military, which is fantastic. I don't care what country you're, you're in or where you're from. Showing appreciation to your military members is a good thing. Okay. They do a lot. Okay. Okay. But they kind of went about this one in kind of a strange way because the fact of the matter is this is actually a scene from a movie with an American actor playing a pilot. So, all right, so there's just another one. Uh, these two right here are another another one for you guys. Um, you got top and bottom here. Oh, gosh. The top image you guys know is an iconic one. Uh, this is, they, they for some reason, decided to flip it around. Everybody on Planet Earth has seen this image, okay? Everybody has. Now, uh, this was taken back in World War II. It was used to raise money for bonds. Uh, it, was, it was literally a stage photo that the Marines took. At least, I mean, they flipped it around, and they stuck a Soviet flag on top, which is kind of weird. And the one on the bottom is clearly an American fighting somewhere down on the Pacific Islands once again. I don't know why they keep using these photos of, of, of Americans from World War II. It's kind of strange. Um, and then they're also using this one that's an iconic photo, and everybody knows this one. You should know this one if you guys live in America. It's from Norma Rockwell. Uh, anyway, it's been changed over to to say the Russian world for the Soviet sake. I don't really understand why. And I like how they changed the clothing of her of what she's originally wearing from blue to red, and they got rid of her glasses. So, Russia is doing a f- lot of ph- phenomenal things. For some reason, they want to take iconic photos and stuff from back in the forties. I, I don't know if they realize this, but it is twenty twenty two. So yesterday, we actually said that the air show was canceled over the victory parade that was going on inside of Moscow. So today, we got a little bit more confirmation. The RPBs actually came out and confirmed that the that the air show was sabotaged, that they canceled the, the portion of the parade, and it wasn't due to weather. Yesterday, they said it was due to weather, but apparently there was another fire at the Perm Aviation Facility in which this is the staging area for the MiG-31s and MiG-25PUs, in which the MiG-31 was supposed to be the one that was accompanying the doomsday uh, plane. Okay, the big, giant plane. That's pretty much if, if nuclear strike can happen. This is where everybody top brass and everybody would go inside there and flying circles until it was done and over with. But anyway, I have no idea what group is pulling off these sabotage events all throughout Russia when it comes to these fires. But if you're on the Ukrainian side of this war, it has to make you smile just a bit because they aren't like inflicting like a large amount of damage when it comes to stopping Russia from advancing, but they sure are causing them a, a one heck of a headache every single day with either blowing out bridges or some random buildings on fire. We've seen everything from, well, they've actually been going after like ammunition, ammunition depots, fuel depots. Uh, they hit a college uh, air, air, airfields, kind of like this one. They've blown out some bridges. I'm actually curious myself. Is it like a Russian group inside of Russia that is not like what's going on inside the war? So they, you know what I mean, or is it actually Ukrainian forces? We, I, I saw units. I have, I, I really don't know. Anyway, the U.S. Director of National Intelligence has actually stated that they assess that Putin is preparing for a prolonged conflict inside of Ukraine during which he still intends to achieve the goals beyond Donbass, which we talked about this yesterday and the day before. And there's actually a video that is going to be coming out either tomorrow or the day after that is going to give you guys some insight of what we believe Russia and or Ukraine has to do to win this war. And that being one of them, I said that I do not believe he is going to stop on the east, which just wait for that video. You guys will get a lot of insight of what's really going on. Anyway, they believe Putin is more than likely to impose martial law here very soon to force the civilians to support the war efforts, which I don't really know how that is going to help them in supporting the war efforts. Maybe you guys can give me some insight down in the comments below. I just feel like that's going to make people just a tad bit mad. Maybe, Maybe it's to instill fear. I don't know. Anyway, Ukraine has also now updated its war goals. Okay, this is kind of a big deal, just so everybody is aware. The foreign minister has now said... A picture of victory has shifted to a full liberation of territories from Russian occupation. No more DNR, no more LNR, or Russia annex Crimea. Okay? That's a big deal. So it means they're not just trying to stop in the areas that they currently hold, but the ones that they've held since 2014. Now, with that being said, they've got to also think about and they must have also already thought about this: the, the attrition rate. It's kind of a big deal. Russia does have a lot more men than Ukraine does, but I do believe the Ukrainian military is much more, I guess you would say, fit for this type of war. You know what, I'm I'm about to go into a long rant, which I probably shouldn't have because it is something that's inside this next video that we talk about what needs to happen, but I don't believe Russia is willing to change their tactics to, to be a little bit more successful inside of the current war they're in like the current stage so we're just, just going to stop there the belarusian ministry of defense has actually announced that is deploying troops near its border with ukraine arguing that amassing of ukrainian forces and increased nato activity is posing a growing threat inside of this area now i think it was about a week ago they announced they're going to be doing these joint operations not joint operations joint uh training operations i guess you would say with russia inside of belarus they're like moving their men all over the country but anyway, the, the president of Belarus has actually said that the Belarusian army is combat ready and can inflict unacceptable damage on NATO countries. I think this guy may have drank a little bit too much whiskey when he, before he made this announcement. There is absolutely no way that Belarus wants to say that they're going to, to, to put unacceptable damage on NATO. I'm just, I don't know. It's kind of weird. He did go on to say that this is a deterrent statement and not a sign of Belarusian aggression against NATO, which he admits would not succeed. All right. So we're going to move on to some mapping. If y'all are new, blue is going to be Ukraine and red is going to be Russia. You guys have some black lines where they're going to be a logistical routes. Here is Kupiansk, which is the logistical hub of this area. And a lot of people I've seen inside the comments ask why I say this every single time. Well, I'm going to be honest to you, we have roughly 3 to 4 million new people that get on to this, or unique people that watch this channel that may not know. I update these maps every single time that we make a video, just so you guys have the most updated and annotated information you need. It's it's not lagging, okay? which is a big deal. That's why I take the time to do this for you guys. There's a lot going on. I've added some purple lines in here, which are something we're going to talk about here later on. There's a lot of Russian offenses going down inside of the Izium area, but Harkiv is where we're going to start. Ukrainian forces have liberated three more towns just north of Stary Saltiv. And just north of it is Verkneel, Sative, and then you have Rubizyne. This is the, the second Rubizyne that I know of inside of this country. There's another one over on the eastern side. But, and then at Barak. So these three areas right here have been liberated, and I actually think I said this about three days ago. I believe they were actually in the process of doing it. Now, this X right here is a blown-out bridge. This is one of the ones that the Russians actually took out on the retreat back. This is a big deal, so everybody is aware. All these areas are now making it a little bit more accessible for the Ukrainians to hit this main area of Voshansk right here, which we do have it indicated as being a, an area, a key area, which needs to be held either by Russian or Ukrainians. Now, this is one of the main reasons why. This main route that comes in out of Belgorod is one of the main routes that leads into Kupiansk. Now, the m sevens, you know, the howitzers we sent over there, they can easily touch these things from the city of Rubizin, which is right here. This is, I mean, I'm talking, that's probably roughly about 10-ish miles, 10 to 12 miles, which is well within range, well within range. So I keep seeing reports that there's a Ukrainian force that's actually been pushed out of Ruski-Tiski right here, which I think actually, you know what, I think it's just Tiski trying to take the Ruski out of there. It states that the Ukrainian forces have liberated all the towns leading up to Lipsy and Lipsy itself. That one's a little bit more difficult for me to believe because it's only coming out of one source that I have. And then I saw another one that coming from out of Russia that say that the Russians retook Lipsy this evening. So I don't don't know exactly, so we're going to let this one play out for right now. But if you were to say that that would be the case, that means the Ukrainians control all the way up to here. Which this black dotted line you guys are seeing is a new defensive line I believe they're going to try to set up. I don't know. We're going to wait another a day or so and kind of let to see what goes on. But this is a big deal because this would this would actually put, put the Ukrainian military closer to the border. I do not see them actually going into Russia and try to take any sort of Russian ground or ground within Russia. I don't think that's going to happen. I would just expect them to fortify and set up strong defensive lines along the main routes coming in from Russia. Now, the same source that is stating that they actually took Lipsy and liberated the towns going up is is actually warning of a potential Russian attack coming out of Belgorod. Now, I could see this being a thing. These troops would be redirected to the north Uh, to the northern side of Kharkiv that were originally intended to go down near Izium to help with the assaulting element inside of that area. I could see that being the case. Now, here's Belgorod right here. Now, we know this is one of the main supply areas that was was supplying the northern side of Kharkiv and Kharkiv itself. Now, I, I could see them redirecting a lot of the troops to come down these main routes and start securing all of this land that is just north of the area that they're actually losing. They cannot lose this side of the country, which they have been. So, the main bridge that has been blown by the Russian forces in the town of Ruska Lazova has actually. I actually have a video I'd like to share with you guys, and here's that right here. So, here's Ruska Lazova right there. The, the, the Russians have been retreating inside of this area. Uh, here's a piece of the video showing you guys the bridge I'm talking about. Ruski Lazovi. Look at how it's blown. БК тут все. Well, like and we have one more thing that's been added to the map, which is just right here. Now this is going to be heavily fortified area outside of Kuzache-Lapan, which we know that they have, been, they have been the Russians, that is. They've been noted two days ago to start entrenching inside of this area, which means they're setting up really heavily to fortify defensive positions, knowing that they're going to have to hold this ground. So there is that. The U.S. defense officials have stated that they believe there is only about three BTGs worth of men around Kharkiv as of right now, which will make a little bit of sense as we know that Ukrainians have been able to make such large advances and hold ground after pushing through. Okay. That is that is kind of th- something to take note of once you once you take ground you got to leave men back to hold the ground, okay? Now I'm not inter- entirely sure why they would shift so many of their men away from this area because I I recall about a week ago there was roughly 7 BTGs worth of men outside of Kharkiv and I know there wasn't 4 BTGs worth of men KAA, and or wounded inside of this area. So, I don't know. They also stated that Russia is down to a total of 97 BTGs inside of Ukraine from the original 120 or so that they started with. Uh, around roughly February 24th, when they started their initial invasion, so I'm going to talk about one little piece before we move out of Kharkiv. Now I'm going to show you guys. I'm a circle them here. There's two elements of Russian forces right here. We need to take note of. Now these two elements, they're going to have to figure out what what they really want to do with their life because they're not really holding any any particular ground that's really important. Maybe maybe the one that's just so, just north of of uh, Ruska Lozova right here. Maybe this one's a little bit more imperative because it's on the main route. But this one that's over here on the eastern side, this one is not really doing much. I expect this one to pull back. It's going to need to pull back or it's going to become encircled from either side by Ukrainian forces. It's going to have to retrograde back and link up with its forces near the border. Like, I I, I don't doubt that's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen then there's not a lot of common sense in the Russian military, and I could see this sitting inside of America as of right now. So I do, th- I do, th- I do think these ones are also going to pull back, and they're going to they're sit on one of, these, one of these main lines. You guys see this black line right here? I do believe that's going to be a thing, and they're going to set up a defensively held front that's extremely strong and dug in and just take the re- reinforcement from Belgorod, regroup, and try to push back down towards Kharkiv. Anyway, that's what we got going on over here in the northern side of Kharkiv. And we're actually going to move over to the eastern side of the country. So we're going to slide down over here. There is quite a bit going on uh, just south of Izium. So here is Izium right here, just so everybody is aware. Here is Izium right there. So that is Izium. All right. So just south, southwest of Izium, we're going to go so pretty much this way. So this is the area I'm talking about. This is newly acquired ground by the Russian military in the town of Valkya Komnishuka. All right. Definitely jacked that one up. But doesn't matter because you know exactly where it's at. It's on the main route, P-79, headed towards the town. It has been heavily contested over the last several days of fighting between the Ukrainians and the Russians. But inside of this area, the Ukrainians actually decided to retreat a little bit west and northwest to predetermined locations. I have actually annotated them. There's two separate ways. Now, there's a reason why this one's a little bit more significant. That's on the western side because it is a crossroads. It goes west and north. So, anyway, that does happen during a time of war. You are going to have predetermined areas you guys are going to retrograde back if you're getting your teeth kicked in, in which they were. So, we have visual confirmation of the pontoon bridge we spoke about yesterday that was blown up uh, just outside of the town of B- Bila Horvika, which is over here, which I could show you guys. So, here's Bila Horvica right here. This is the area. uh, We're going to talk about this main river that's going over there here in a second. But this was destroyed by a Ukrainian ambush yesterday. And I just want to give you guys some visual confirmation what it looks like. I do not have an update on the Russian platoon-sized element that had made it cross prior to the Ukrainian ambush. I believe it was actually a recon unit. The more and more I, I, I looked into it, which would make a little bit of sense, a recon unit, all they're going to do, push forward. They're actually going to try not to get into any type of conflict. They're just going to um, basically call back what is going on, enemy positions, where they're at, and try to slip back. That's pretty much the idea behind that. They, they actually want to stay out of contact as much as they possibly could. Anyway, so I've added this dotted purple line, which indicates the river, okay, the Seversky Donets River. If you look at the current positions by the Ukrainian, or excuse me, by the Russian military along this purple line, I want you guys to take note and to notice that there are somewhat close to establishing a very strong defensive line along this river. Now, they do have a fairly tough fight ahead when it comes to them trying to secure the town of Lyman and also pushing through to Oleksandrovika, which has been shown to be very tough, but it's also one of the type of things that if they are able to get through this area, they will effectively control the northern side of the river making it extremely difficult for the Ukrainian military to then mount any formidable offensive to retake the ground if it is lost. So that is down over here. So here's Olik Strangivika. So if they do somehow take all the way through this area, which is this, this purple line, which I am now drawing on top of for some odd reason... That right there would make it very, very, very difficult if the Russian forces are able to push through this thing because most of the bridges will be blown out and it will make it very difficult for the Ukrainian forces to, to mount any sort of offensive to take back that lane on the opposite side. So if this were to happen, then I would assume the offensive that is happening right now in the northern side of the country was to make significant gains towards Kupiansk, which will go ahead and slide up. We know that there has been noted that the Russian forces had started to retrograde or retreat some of their men i guess the retrograde would probably be the better better term pushing them back towards kupyansk in hopes to counter a counter offense or, or, or i guess not really a counter offense, but wait for the, the for the for the counter offense by the ukrainian forces that's right here i do believe the ukrainian forces are going to push through and if they don't either way they pulled some of russian's resources out of the eastern side of this the, uh, of the country and pushed them back towards kupyansk I do believe the Ukrainian forces right in this area will be doing ambushes all along these routes, though. I do believe that is going to happen. Send send out small element groups or small t- small man teams, and they're going to do it. That's probably what's going to happen. So, And another thing to take note, if they do push all these men back from this area, and they actually had to retrograde some of them back over to Kupians, it's going to leave this defensive line up here on this purple route that I'm talking about, which we will leave this here just to see if that's where the Russian forces do actually get the front-line trace of their military, too it will actually leave them very susceptible to an attack if they have to actually pull some of the men back, which we've seen Russia do over this entire conflict, overextend themselves and have the rear element taken out. We saw that north of Ar- Ar- Kiev and we saw this over north of Sumy. Um, anyway, I hope you guys did enjoy this video over here on the channel. If you guys are new, please do me a favor and hit that subscribe button. Other than that, I will see you guys tomorrow on another episode. I'm out, y'all.